Uh, let's go to Philippians tonight. Philippians chapter two. Are we going to chapter twelve or chapter chapter two, verse twelve through fifteen? And it says, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. Do all things without murmurings and disputings, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom he shines as light in this world. Right here, we I want us to focus on that verse 14 where it says to do all things without murmurings and disputings. That term murmuring, uh, you parents, you know what it is. You hear it with your kids sometimes. They like to complain about things. I have to go to school today. I have to brush my teeth. I have to take a bath, you know. I have to clean my room, and or disputings. That is just arguing. You ever just felt like everything's an argument, and it just kind of it drives you crazy. And you know what? That same kind of things can go on in churches today. In fact, um, it does go on quite a bit, quite a bit of murmurings and disputings. It is very common. Even in the house of God. And the Apostle Paul here in this passage, he says to do all things without murmurings and disputings. And notice that he says that right after verse 13, which says, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. God has a will for our life. And there's something that God, there's things that God wants to see us do that pleases Him to see us accomplishing in His will. And to see us doing those things, and there are some things that as Christians that you know we shouldn't be complaining about and shouldn't be disputing. Because it's those very things sometimes that turn the lost off to Christianity. And the Bible says that when we are doing these things, when we're doing it without the murmurings and disputings, the Bible says we're doing that so we can be blameless. You know, there's a lot of things the Bible commands us not to do that we like to say to you know, well, I don't really see the big deal about that. You know, I don't think it's a big deal to go to this place. I don't think it's a big deal to be involved in this activity. But the Bible says you need to do that so you can be blameless. we got to be careful. We want to make sure as Christians that we abstain from the appearance of evil. And that's why there's just some places I'd rather not go because... It might appear to be evil. I might be going to the movie theater to watch Winnie the Pooh, but you know what? My neighbor might see me in there and knows that they're also playing some filth in that place and think that might, that's what I'm going to watch. And you know what? If he decides to start a rumor, it'll be the nasty movie that gets started. Not that I was going to watch Winnie the Pooh. And that's just the way it is. And so, you know, you got, you have, we have to be careful. And a lot of times that gets Christians upset. Oh, how dare they bring those things up? I, I enjoy some of these things and we like to complain about it. We like to dispute it. There's, um, as parents, sometimes you set up rules in your house. Hey, in our house, we're not going to do this. And everybody wants to complain. Everybody wants to argue. Sometimes in churches, say, listen, uh, if, if you're going to be involved in certain ministries in this church, 
Um, you need to understand you're representing the church. If you're going to be up here on the platform singing a song, okay, then it's important that you are that you have a good testimony. That you weren't just singing another song, another type of music in the bar the night before. That's not going to be a real good testimony for maybe some lost person that comes in that saw you singing about who knows what in the bar last night and then they hear you singing about Jesus in church the next day. And sometimes they'll set up rules about that. Hey, if you're going to be involved, you need you need to dress a certain way. You need to act a certain way in public. And boy, people will complain about that. They'll want to argue every little thing. And there are some things that... And we're going to look at some specific things that should not be complained about. The Bible says to do all things, these things that please God, without murmurings and disputings. There are many of the church splits that happen are involving arguments over things that not only are we not supposed to be arguing about it, we're not even supposed to be complaining about it. These should not be issues. They should not be things that are brought up. And in verse, I want us to go to Romans chapter eight, Romans chapter eight, and look at verse six through eight. Kind of see an example, but it says, "For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind is enmity against God." For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. You know what causes arguments in churches is when we start getting on things that appeal to the flesh. That someone's flesh enjoys. And boy, that gets them upset. I mean, you want to get people mad in some churches. You start hitting on certain types of music, and boy, people get upset, or certain television programs, and people will get fired up. And the Bible says that to be carnally minded, okay, we're thinking of the flesh when stuff like that upsets us. The Bible says that death, that's death. But to be spiritually minded, it's life and peace, that, and that carnal mind is enmity against God. That carnal mind, when people get all in the flesh and get caught up in the things of the flesh, really there's a war going on in their heart and inside of them that's really with God. And it's going to come out and they're going to argue in the church. They're going to argue with the preaching. They're going to want to fight about every little thing. And in church especially, we ought to be in the Spirit. When we come to the church, see, some people are so fleshly minded that even in church, they want to bring the things of the flesh. They want to bring the worldly music. They want to bring in the worldly entertainment. I mean, I mean, it, churches today, it's like they got to put on a big, you know, Broadway production to be able to even get people's attention. A lot of them, they have these drama teams and things. I, I went to look up a church one time online. I was trying to find a church online. And I typed in the name of this church and it wasn't the one I was looking for. But when I, but when I went to the homepage of the website, a video automatically started playing. And this, I forgot what church I was looking for, but it was an all-black church. And this video was on there of about maybe 30 teenagers all up on the stage they're all wearing black pants and white shirts and white masks, wearing white gloves, and they're doing all you know this interpretive dance thing 
I mean, it was weird. It was really, really weird. And I don't know what, I don't know what was going on. I have no clue what that meant. But, I mean, a lot of churches are getting into that drama stuff pretty heavy. You know, if a church wants to put on a Christmas play and things like that every now and then, that's fine. But some churches, they gotta have that stuff almost every Sunday. Otherwise, they're not gonna be able to get anybody in. Because people want a show. People want entertainment. But when we're at church, we ought to be in the Spirit. When we come into the house of God, there ought to be an attitude of worship. In Hebrews 13, it says, "...by Him therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name." When we come to church, your lips... Your mouth ought to be giving thanks to God. It ought to be praising God. You have an opportunity to do that during the song service. When we're all singing together, that's where us as a group, we can get together and not sing about you know, what the world sings, but to sing about God, to praise Him with our lips. Verse 16 says, "...but to do good and to communicate, forget not." For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. We talked about that uh, last week, I believe, or a week before. That, that's talking about giving. That is another way that we worship. We worship with our tithes and offerings. And when you, if you, listen, if you're fleshly minded, you're not going to enjoy that one bit. You're not going to enjoy coughing up that money. There's many things that I do that I just I don't like coughing up the money for it. I don't enjoy it one bit. I complain about it. You know, taxes. For one example, who wants to pay taxes? I love complaining about that, you know. But when it comes to our worship, and when we're in the house of God, that's not something that we ought to be complaining about. That's not something that the preacher ought to be scared to talk about. That's part of how we worship. That's part of what we do here. It's something that is well pleasing, as it says here. God is well pleased when we do that. God sees that when He sees the singing. And listen, he, it needs to be from the heart. God, If God sees that it's empty and you're just doing it to do it, God's not pleased. But when He sees you in here praising Him, praising His name, singing from your heart, giving, God is well pleased with that. We see that right there in Hebrews 13. But many people complain about that. I don't like those old hymns. They're boring. I'd rather sing one line over and over and over again, you know, with some clapping and dancing and all that. Why? So they can fulfill the lust of their flesh. Because they would rather dance than be in the Spirit and sing praise to God. And that's not what's the way it's supposed to be. And we shouldn't even be disputing that. We shouldn't we should be complaining that. We should have an attitude of prayer when we come into the house of God. This is a good place to pray. This is a place where, uh, you know, so we don't have a lot of those worldly distractions. Hopefully, you know, when you come into the house of God, you know, you've got your cell phone turned off. You're not distracted by it. I don't see people messing around on their cell phones right now. You know, at home, I, most people these days they can't pray because their phone's constantly going off and they're getting distracted by that. They've got the TV playing in one room. They've got all these distractions everywhere, and it's hard to do that. In church, you can kind of get away from everything and focus on prayer. You ought to come wanting to sing from your heart. Hey, this is a chance I can praise God. I can do it with other people. Maybe when I praise God by myself, it doesn't sound that good. But you know what? 
It's fun doing it around other people because they make me sound a little bit better. And uh, we can do that in church. We can come. We should come wanting to sing with our voice. It makes a difference when everybody is involved and everybody's singing. It motivates you to want to sing more and when other people are doing it. I mean, can you imagine if I was up here leading the singing and you were the only one in the congregation singing? That'd be kind of awkward. And, you know, there's some people, they want to, they want to sing, they want to praise. You ought to sing no matter what. I hope you would sing anyway. But you know what? A lot of people wouldn't. And it, but it motivates other people. You know what? It's contagious too. There may be some people they come here and they're not really thinking about that. But boy, they, they see what's going on. They see the people praising God with their lips. They see them enjoying it. And you know what? Sometimes they just gotta go ahead and join in. And it is. It's a contagious thing. But we ought to come with that attitude of giving. We ought to come with a hunger to learn about the Word of God. Hopefully you've been praying during the week. Hopefully there's been something spiritually going on. You've been communicating with God. Hopefully you have some questions. Let me tell you, uh, if you don't have questions about the Bible and questions about God, then you're not thinking about Him very much. Because let me tell you, there's a lot to the Scriptures. There's a lot to God. None of us know it all. And all of us ought to have an attitude. You know, My attitude is when I have a question that there's probably an answer for it somewhere. And I don't know how I'm going to find it or who's going to help me find it. But all, whenever you have a question, you ought to always come to church with the attitude, I wonder if God's going to answer my question this week. And you know what? If He doesn't, then you come back next week. Hey, maybe I'll find out next week. I want to know because you come with an attitude just wanting to learn. Wanting to get more. You know, I wonder if Pastor Tommy's going to maybe talk about a character in the Bible in Sunday school that maybe I've never heard of, that I don't know about. I wonder if I'm going to learn a new story or learn about a new doctrine. Just come wanting to learn. Come hungry for to learn about the Word of God. These are all things that are spiritual though. Some people, they're more interested in what kind of donuts are going to be at church than what message is going to be preached. You know, I like all the snacks and things we have there you know, after Sunday school and stuff. And hey, if you enjoy that, that's wonderful. Nothing wrong with that. But I hope you're more interested in what's going to be preached about than what we're going to eat. On the Sunday nights when we have fellowships, I hope you're more interested in what's going to be taught from the Word of God than what Menezes are going to bring. And I get interested in that sometimes. But you know what? That's not the only reason that I'm here. That we got to come with attitude in the Spirit. And boy, it, I think one of the reasons that so many churches are turning to all these carnal things is because the Spirit of God is nowhere near that place. And that is the only way they're going to get people in is through carnal entertainment. That's, that's it. And let me tell you, if it's going to be about carnal, carnal entertainment, then I'm just going to go buy a satellite, get a hundred with a hundred or two hundred TV stations, and just get entertained at home on my couch. I'm not going to go to some place that's putting on a show and calling it church when it's just carnal entertainment. I can get all I want on that through television, <laughs> and it, there's nothing spiritual about what's going on in these places. But most people they show up for church 
in the flesh. And if you show up for church in the flesh, your behavior is going to be the opposite of what God wants. You're going to come, instead of coming with an attitude of worship, you're going to come with an attitude of despair. I think some people like coming to church just so they can complain about their week. Just so they can talk about how God hasn't answered any of their prayers and how they can just, you know, get everybody else in a bad mood. I think that's their, that's their ministry. Uh, you're going to be thinking about others instead of thinking about God. When I say thinking about others, I mean you're going to be you're going to be focused on who's at church. Oh man, I hope so and so is not at church tonight. They drive me crazy. They think they're so spiritual. They think they're so holy. Uh, man, I just can't stand those people. Listen, if you are if you come in the flesh, you're going to be focused on that. But if you're coming for the right reason, if you're coming for God, you're not going to care who else is there. In fact, if you're really coming for God, you're going to hope more people are there because you know that that will please God. Be like if you went to a birthday party for somebody that you really cared about, you're going to hope that you're not the only one there because it would make that person feel bad. You want there to be a lot of people there because you want them to be happy. You want them to be pleased with what's going on. But if you're, unless you're thinking about yourself and you want to be their only friend and the only one that they care about. But, um, many people, they do. They come to church thinking about others instead of thinking about God. And when that happens, they don't have a song in their heart. They don't feel like singing in church. They're too busy watching that other person be a hypocrite. They're too busy watching to see what that other person's doing. They've got a bad attitude about the offering. What are they doing with that money anyway at that church? I don't like how they're spending it. They're going to come just wanting the service to hurry up and get done so they can go and eat. Thinking about the flesh. Focusing on their stomach growling in church. I mean, hey, I've been there before. You're sitting there and you're like, I hope nobody hears that. You know, And man, I remember every Sunday it seemed like that used to happen to me. Every single Sunday. And you know a little trick I learned? That if you try to make your stomach growl, it seems like it stops it. I don't know why, because I don't. It can't be done. It's like you can't stop. But I, I used to sit there and I would like try to make my stomach growl, and it seemed like it wouldn't happen then. I don't know. I haven't tried it in a while. But just if it's ever happening, because that's it's embarrassing, especially if it gets quiet and, and it gets real loud, and people next to you can hear it. We've all been there. But most Christians, I mean, they're, they're like I said, they're so fleshly when they come to church. I mean, not only have they never even fasted about anything, they're so fleshly they can't even sit through an hour-long service without eating or drinking something. They've got to be chewing on gum. They've got they've got these coffee shop churches. Everybody's got to be you know drinking coffee. They got to be eating something during the service. It's like they think they're in a movie theater. I mean, pretty soon there's going to be people eating popcorn during the church services because they got to have a snack during the service. Because that's what we do when we're being entertained. Hey, when I'm watch, if I'm sitting at home and I'm watching a movie, I love eating popcorn with the movie. Man, that sounds really good. We ought to do that tonight. I mean, it's just. But at church, we're not being entertained. We're not supposed to be being entertained. We're supposed to be here in the spirit. And boy, well, I say let's just go on a food and water fast for an hour and just focus on the things of God and not on. Our flesh, and it's it's said so it's a real problem in a lot of places. I've heard people even say things like, you know, it's like, well, you know, we're not supposed to have food or drinks. Now, it's like, well, I've got this throat problem where you know I 
I start feeling things in my throat. I have to have a drink. It's like, yeah, it's called getting thirsty. We all have that. It's, you know, we just gotta wait for a little while. You know, I, I have this stomach problem where I, or you know, I feel this pain. Yeah, it's called getting hungry. We all have that, but some of us have just learned to deal with it and go a little bit of time without eating or drinking something. You will survive. I promise. You will survive. It's amazing all the little issues that people have where, and it's just, they're spoiled rotten. They give their flesh every little thing at once. And we need to come to the house of God in the Spirit. And uh, I don't like that. I think we need to start, you know, we need to start, you know, having food in the service. I think we need to start selling popcorn. We could raise money with it, you know, we'll charge a lot for it. You know, we need to start, you know, selling sodas and letting people drink these things in church. No. Let's not complain about that. Let's not dispute it. We're going to come in the Spirit to serve God. God is well pleased with that. We're here to worship Him. We're here to learn about Him. The focus is Jesus Christ during this time. And with that, God is well pleased. Therefore, do it without murmurings and disputings. But another thing that we see in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, Verse 1, you don't need to turn there, but it says, Furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as ye received of us how ye ought to walk and to please God, so ye would abound more and more. For ye know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from fornication, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor your vessel, your body. You ought to know how to keep it sanctified, how to honor God with it. You ought to know that, not in the lust of concupiscence, even as the Gentiles which know not God, that no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any matter, because that the Lord is the avenger of all such, as we also have forewarned you and testified. For God hath not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. The holy living, that is something that it pleases God, and He still expects it. This is, right here, what we just read, this is New Testament Scripture. And He said not to do it like the Gentiles. Okay, Which, by the way, all of us in here are Gentiles. And it is part of our culture, it is a part of our history, to do everything in the flesh. And you know, one of the things that's, that's interesting, a lot of people... They try to biblically make the argument, I guess not even biblically, but it's more historically, make an argument that celebrating Christmas, celebrating Easter, celebrating birthdays is all bad because, you know, the pagans started it. And the truth is, I don't think that the pagans started it. But I don't understand that most Gentiles were pagans. And what they would do is any excuse they had to celebrate and to get drunk, and to start doing all kinds of vile things, they would do it. Whatever excuse. Oh, Christmas, Jesus' birthday, alright, let's celebrate. You know, New Year's. Hey, alright, let's celebrate, let's get drunk. And the truth, cause, and the truth is, these same people too that are against Christmas, they're all patriotic and are for 4th of July. But what do people do on 4th of July? They get drunk. I mean, they, that's how they celebrate. They do all, all kinds of wickedness. It's an excuse to, you know, get a day off work. Nothing wrong with that. But then to just go crazy and fulfill the lust of the flesh. I mean, they eat like crazy. I work at a grocery distribution center now. 
I've only worked there during one holiday, but it was Labor Day. But before Labor Day, it got really busy. You know why? Because it's a bunch of Gentile pagans out here. You know, one of the things they're going to do, they're going to eat like crazy during that time. And those of us that aren't pagan, just Gentiles, we just eat like crazy. We leave out the alcohol and all that stuff. But it's just that it's it is part of our nature to just go after every little thing that pleases our flesh. No matter what the event, whether it be a birthday, whether it be a holiday, a good holiday or a bad holiday, whether it be even in a church service, we love to find ways to fulfill the lust of our flesh. And it says in this passage that we've been called unto holiness. That God expects something different in our lives. I'm not saying you can't ever go and eat, you know, have a good meal and stuff. We see many passages in the Old Testament where God said, you know, eat until you're full, and there's uh, nothing wrong with having a good meal and a feast. They had a lot of feasts back then. I love a good feast. But holiness, though, it did not end in the Old Testament. And I believe holiness today is as relevant as it was 2,000 years ago. And the truth is, it could even be more so. Just in Hebrews 10.25, where it says, "...not forsaking the assembling of yourselves as the manner of some is, but it says, but exhorting one another..." And so much the more as you see the day approaching. If anything, we need more church today than we did in the past. Well, you know, back in the early church, they only had church on Sundays. Well, actually, if you read in Acts, I think they had it even more probably than we're doing it now. But, you know, even if you go back maybe 100 years ago, 200 years ago, I don't know what all the history is on that. I don't really care. But even if they did, the Bible does say, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So, I don't think it's necessarily going against the Word of God if we're having a Wednesday night service or a Sunday morning and a Sunday night service. I think it's, I think it's a good thing. But also in 2 Timothy chapter 3, 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 12 says, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned, and hast been assured of, knowing whom thou hast learned them. We see in Hebrews that we're supposed to be doing these things more as we see the day approaching. The Bible says that in the last days, things are going to get worse and worse. And it also says there in Philippians 2, uh, the first passage that we read, it said, uh, I'm going I'm to go back and read it, I won't quote it, Quote it right. In verse 15, it says, He may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom ye shine as lights in the world. So, really, when you stop and think about it, and if I think we're probably more wicked than we were in the past, I think it's a lot more wicked now than it was a hundred years ago. So, if anything, we, we need holiness more than ever. Because it's darker now. And therefore, we have an opportunity to shine brighter than ever before. Because we live in a crooked and perverse nation. And now is definitely not the time to join the world in the wickedness. Now is the time for holy living when we need to do whatever we can to stand out and make a difference. Not not talking about putting on a show. I'm not talking about getting a tattoo of a cross on our forehead. I'm not talking about doing things like that, but I'm talking about in just 
the things that we read, a lot of things we read about this morning in Sunday school in Romans chapter 12 that it mentioned. We talked about how it, the do's are a lot more important than just the don'ts in the Christian life. We've got to be, we've got to be doing those good things. We've got to be doing those good works so the world can see this is not the time to let go of our standards. More and more churches are saying, you know, we're going to back off on a lot of these other things. We're going to stay away from them. This isn't the time to get rid of our Sunday and Wednesday night services. I know they're not as popular as they used to be. I know I was looking in that magazine with the ads for the churches and I saw one. They have, uh, they're advertising casual worship on Saturday evenings and then traditional worship on Sunday morning. I don't really think that worshiping God is something we ought to be all casual about. Listen, if I had an opportunity to go meet the president, I'm not going to take a casual approach to that because he's the president. Whether I voted for him or not, whether I like him or not. And when it comes to worshiping God, this isn't something we take a casual approach to. This is something that we take serious. It's not that, I mean, it's, uh, said, you want to have, we, we have casual events. We have picnics and things, but we don't call that worship. Okay? You know, we call that fellowship. And we definitely don't bring in sin during that time. We don't, that's not the day when we can bring in the rock music. No, we're still gonna do holy living. We're still gonna, uh, set an example and, uh, try to fulfill the commandments of God, not go breaking the commandments of God. But these things are things that people, you talk about too much, it will get them upset. They will murmur and they will want to dispute it. And it's sad, pastors of Baptist churches that want to argue these things. It just—it breaks my heart how many are just abandoning their standards and convictions that they've had for years and going with this new evangelical junk. It's just absolutely heartbreaking. I mean, the amount of Scriptures that they now have to completely ignore. And I heard of a pastor that's going that direction and he wouldn't say that he compromised, but he says that he, he, he called it growing. He said, I'm, I'm growing. I thought, man, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> We're so good at wording things to make them sound good, but that's just, that was just wicked. That's a, that's a really good way to make yourself sound okay when you're being wicked. And we should not, not go down that path. But another thing, just a couple other things real quick. Living by faith. This is another one that will get us complaining as Christians sometimes. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says, But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. Do you know that we're supposed to obey by faith? We don't know why God tells us to do some things. Some things we do, some things we don't. We don't understand everything about it, but we ought to obey it by faith. And just like as a parent, you want your kids that when they're small, you want them to obey you by faith. You can't explain every little thing to them. You don't have time for that. Listen, if your kid, if there's something that's about to fall on your child that's going to hurt them really bad, and you say, you know, you just, what are you going to do? You're going to scream. You're going to say, look out. Well, what if your kid sits and say, why do I need to look out, dad? What's going on? What is the danger? You need to explain to me why. By then, they're in trouble, aren't they? By then, it's going to be too late. That's why you need, they need to learn to listen and listen quick. And as Christians, sometimes we do the same thing. We don't want to obey by faith. 
Ah, man, I know the preacher. He he showed that verse in the Bible says we shouldn't do that, but I don't get it. It's like, when I understand it, then I'll obey it. Sorry, then it's going to be too late. And if you want to please God, you need to obey by faith. Same thing, we're supposed to pray by faith. We pray to an unseen, invisible God. Many people, they're not. that's not good enough for them. They would rather pray to a statue. They would rather pray to an idol. They want something they can lay their hands on, something they can touch, they can feel, that they can bow down before. They, uh, they, people will make trips to places where there's famous statues of Jesus or maybe there's a statue of Mary somewhere that they saw blood coming out of the eyes one time and people will go to pray to that statue. In Israel, people will go and make these trips to pray at the Wailing Wall and they will write down their little prayers and stick that in that wall and they go and they put their hands on that wall and pray there. Listen, you can pray wherever you want. But you know what? Our prayer should be prayer of faith. I've been to the Wailing Wall, but I didn't. I didn't have to go there to pray. I kind of, I did pray when I was there. One of the things I remember praying is, "Lord, please open the eyes of these people to realize that this isn't really something you need for prayer." I just thought it was kind of ridiculous. I even saw people from our group throughout there just laying their hands on it. I mean, just getting all into it. I thought, I think y'all ought to know better than this. It was it was kind of ridiculous. I just wanted to go there because hey, that was a wailing wall, and uh, I mean, I, I like I like big tourist attractions, and it was a wall that was built during Solomon's time. And I wanted to touch it just so I can tell everybody, hey, I was there. <laughs> but as far as I don't think that I didn't have any great spiritual experience praying there. Be, uh, you know, God didn't uh, do some amazing thing because I was at the wailing wall. He doesn't need that. We're to pray by faith. We're to work by faith. We're supposed to do good works just because we believe that it pleases God. We believe that God's going to take care of us and that God's going to reward us. Maybe on earth, definitely in heaven. Either way, by faith. We're to give by faith. And then lastly, we're supposed. Uh, we're also supposed to be without murmuring or complaining. We're supposed to do... Find our part and do it in the church. First Corinthians chapter twelve. I'm probably um, in some of the next Sunday mornings. I'm going to start talking more and folk. We're going to start talking about some of the spiritual gifts and things as we have our send the laborers theme, and just hopefully the Lord can use that to help show people what their gifts are and maybe what their calling is in their life. But uh, it says in verse eighteen of chapter twelve, but. Now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased Him. Everybody has a role to play in the church. And we shouldn't complain about it. If your kids ever done that before, maybe give all of them projects to do, and they all complain about their project. And it's like, you know, we've got five kids, she can give them all a room to clean, and they're all going to want to complain about the room that they got chosen to clean. And you know what? She could have arranged it another way that I probably ought to complain too. And it's just annoying. Just, hey, do what you're supposed to do. Do what you've been chosen to do. Do what you've been called to do. And many people are like that even in the house of God. I want to be the pastor. I want to be the Sunday school teacher. I want to be this. And I, I don't like it that I didn't get the position I wanted. I'm going to go to another church and where they'll give me the position that I want. Listen, you need to find out where God wants you and what God has for you. 
And let me tell you something. If you are the one that God wants for a certain position and somebody else is there, if you, if God wants you there, He will get you there. He will move that other person somewhere else. He'll get them out of the way. He can do that. I talked to a pastor one time. He used to be a fundamental Baptist. They got out of the fundamental Baptist church and went to another religion because they didn't like the authority structure that is in the church. They like the ones where they have the superintendents and the hierarchies in the church. That way, if the pastor gets out of line, they can call those people up and they can straighten out the pastor. And you know what I told him? I said, you know, I said I know some pastors that have stepped out of line and have definitely maybe taken advantage of their position. And you know what? God always takes care of those guys. God always gets them out of the way. And I would, I think God does a better job of handling all that stuff than man does. Usually those groups, those hierarchies, those people that aren't even in the church and have no business interfering in the church, all they do is interfere and cause trouble. God set it up the way this local church is set up. And if I get out of line, God can get me out of the way. Brother Lonnie, you think you ought to be the pastor of this church? If you're right, if God's called you to that, He'll get me out of the way and get you up here. <laughs> and you're like, oh, not, not me. And I, I'm not saying that He wants that. But if that was God's will, He can do that. He can handle that, no problem. He doesn't need to go and start a church union in here so we can uh, you know, remove the pastor and get in another group in here that can kind of set things up and let... Uh, that that's not something that needs to be done. God can handle that stuff, but all we have to do is play the role that God has given us. And it should be our desire to find our calling. And our focus then needs to be on our job and nobody else's. Hey, I'm going to come every day and I'm going to do my job. And I'm going to do what God has called me to do. I'm going to, I'm going to please God. And I'm going to do it without murmuring and complaining. But you know, sadly, the things that the Bible says please God. All these things we mentioned are things that specifically says pleases God. On uh, a few weeks ago in church, I preached specifically on the things that please God. But unfortunately, when we stop thinking about it, these are the things that cause the most complaining and disputings in the church. The very things that God says please Him. And think if these things that we talk about are pleasing God. Not doing it displeases Him. And if we're here to worship God, and if we're here for Him, why would we even want? It? Why would we want to displease Him? That is the last thing. If you're here for God, why would we try to do that? Unless you're here for yourself. If you're here for yourself, then we're going to be worried about pleasing ourselves, and then we're not really going to care what God thinks. We're not going to care how He feels about it. And so we need to follow that that passage there. Do all things without murmurings and disputings. That just understand that there's some things that I need to I, I need to learn to like. Some things I need to learn to live with. And I'm not going to Raise a stink about it, especially in the house of God. We are here for Him. He is our focus, and when we when He's our focus, 
We're going to forget about ourselves. We're not going to care what we like. I like to joke around with kids. We you know, mention birthdays. And a lot of times when their, their birthdays come up, I'll ask them, hey, what did you get me for your birthday? And they'll just kind of look at me funny. You know, you go, or if you went to somebody's birthday party, and what kind of cake do they usually get? They usually get their favorite cake. You don't go to their birthday party and complain that they got their favorite cake and not your favorite cake. And whose birthday party is it? Well, we act like church, it's all for us. And we don't always like the same things that God likes. But we're here for Him, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to do what God likes. Because this is about Him. So with that, let's stand together. With our heads bowed and eyes closed.